is in this place. Can we one more time lift hands and voices all over the assembly today. Give glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Let's sing this as a congregation today. thankful for the freedom that you feel to worship, to praise, to magnify. Would you express that right now? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we've come to give you the glory and the praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. For God, for God, the great creator, Emmanuel, God with us the one in whom dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. For God, so in this manner, love is an action. He didn't just say, I love you, but God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. God, you thought I was to die for. You love me that much. I don't know about you today, but that creates something on the inside of me that makes me want to lift my hands and voice in thanksgiving and say, Lord, I know I'm unworthy. God, I don't deserve one ounce, one iota of your love, but thank you, Lord, for pouring it out. Thank you for your great salvation. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you've blessed us with and given to us. Amen, amen, amen. What a beautiful spirit. We feel in the house of the Lord this morning. So grateful for the privilege and the opportunity to be Peace Tabernacle in Baytown. Thank you, Brother and Sister Grant, for inviting us and letting us be a part of this day and what it represents. Amen. Love these kids. Amen. Look good to see uh, some old friends and uh, some new friends and uh, folks that we've known a long time and some that we've known for not so long. But Good to be here. Good to feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Uh, glad to celebrate this uh, time of going back to school. And we look forward in just a few minutes to praying for our children and those involved and all of us together. I hope you will help us pray. Let your mind and your spirit go ahead and kind of lean in that direction if you would. Uh, I'm going to do my best not to preach very long because we want uh, God to do what He wants to do as we pray and I believe that God hears our prayers. 
I believe that when we pray in faith, believing, lifting these things up to the Lord, that God will hear and answer and invade our midst and be a part of what uh, this day is representing. Amen. A few years ago, there's a picture out there somewhere in Facebook land, I guess, that uh, is a picture of of, uh, Brother Moody sitting on an altar at the church that we pastored in Mountain Home. And all you can see is my back and the back of my head. But gathered around me, there's eight or ten children, boys and girls, seven, eight, nine years old, have their hands laid on me praying for me. That is one of my favorite uh, pictures in all of the world, one that I cherish very, very greatly. You say, Brother Moody, wouldn't you rather have some high-powered preacher praying for you? No. Wouldn't you rather have the, the general superintendent praying for you? No. I would rather have those boys and girls praying for me, that pure, undefiled, undistracted faith lifting up me up before the Lord. There's something great, something special about that, and we love them and uh, our children very, very dearly, and we believe that God is going to keep them and protect them and go with them every step of the way. I believe that. Can you say amen? If you have your Bibles and want to turn to us, turn with us uh, very quickly, Proverbs, the book of the Proverbs, chapter number 1. Proverbs chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, you can turn if you want to look on on the screen. It's okay, brother, if I can just back you up one verse of Scripture. Verse number 32. I'll uh, spring it on you, and, and, uh, but not too bad. Verse number 32, Proverbs chapter 1 says, For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Now listen to what the Word of God says. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. We talked to you for just a few minutes this morning about a safe place to dwell. Lord, we thank you for your word, what it means to us. Speak to our hearts from the pages of your book, from your instructions today. We pray, God, anoint the feeble lips of your servant, your messenger today. Touch the ears of every hearer. God, would you over overcome and overwhelm in this service today, we pray. We give it to you. Do what you want to do in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time before you're seated? God, we love you and we praise you. We exalt your name in this house. Amen. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 41, beginning with verse number 8, the Bible says, But you, Israel, are my servant. Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest regions, and said to you, you are my servant. Listen to the word of God. I have chosen you and not cast you away. Oh, that ought to encourage somebody. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. 
Aren't you thankful for the promises of God, the goodness of God? God speaks to us through his word and gives us great encouragement, gives us the power and the strength to make it from day to day. I'll give you a great revelation here. You can write it down if you want to. It's tremendous revelation, profound even. We are living in a world that has gone crazy. I know you didn't know that. I know you hadn't figured that out. I, I know you hadn't, hadn't read or watched or heard the news, and, and you have no clue. We live in a world that's gone stone crazy. Absolutely. You don't have to be very smart. You don't have to listen to very much news to understand that the world has absolutely lost its mind. Fear is the news of the day. Everything that we hear, everything that we see and read seems like it feeds that fear. It, it produces something in us that makes us worry. It makes us stress, gives us anxieties, produces phobias in our life. There's so many kinds of fears, both natural and, and spiritual. We, we fear for the things that are going on around us. We fear for our children in the school system. We, we fear to, to go in any public place of business. We, we fear the things that our children are being taught and is being produced in our educational system. There are fears that seem to prevail in the atmosphere that we're living in. It's almost enough to make you just want to lock your kids in the house and never let them out so I can watch them and protect them and keep them. We know that's not possible, but it, it's still something that, 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 that it's, it's a feeling of, of fear and trepidation that, that invades our minds and our spirits. Seems like the regimes of this world have controlled millions with fear and intimidation. It's a tactic of the enemy. It's the modus operandi of the adversary. Fear is the enemy of faith, and if the enemy, if the adversary can get us to step into and put on a garment and a spirit of fear, he's got a great deal of the battle won. If faith uh, is overcome by fear, if, 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 if our world is not filled with faith, if it's filled with enough terror, faith uh, will not have room to operate in so we hear in, 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 in the public uh, news system, the 24-hour news cycle is, is full of things that are designed, I believe. I believe it is, is by design to make us fear. I know you know the verse. You can probably quote it with me, but it simply says, 1 Peter 5 and 8, that Satan, the devil, the enemy, the adversary is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He, he, is, he is there, your adversary, the devil as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He is the devourer. He has devoured many. There is no passage in the Word of God that speaks more clearly of the devourer and his mission. Revelation chapter 12 and verse number 4 says, And his tail is speaking of the dragon, drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and we understand that it's talking about Lucifer there, and, and did cast them to the earth, the devil and his angels. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered, for to devour 
her child as soon as it was born. Speaking of the Christ child, everything that is produced of God and, and through Christ, our salvation, the people of God, the, the church of the living God, it is the mission of the adversary to bite and to devour and to destroy. And the news of the hour will feed our fears of, of those things. It will cause us to worry and cause us to stress. You live by the 24-hour news cycle, you'll have a nervous breakdown in just a few days if you if you feed your mind. Let me just throw one out to you here this morning. This will help somebody. I'm not anti-news, okay? Uh, read it, whatever. This will, this will help you. Read the Bible more than you read or listen to or watch the news so that you can at least balance what you hear true and untrue with the truth of the Word of God. Let me, let me preach to somebody this morning for just a little bit. Fear is not the will of God for His people. Oh, let me say that again. Somebody needs to hear it today. Fear is not the will of God for His people. God does not intend for you to be anxious and worry and fear the things of this world. God is not stressed and God is not worried. There is no thing that happens in this world or happens to you that God is not already aware of, that He's already got a plan for. And when He imparted His Spirit to you the day that you were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there was something that was put in the heart of a child of God that has the ability to rise up and overcome every fear that is produced by the enemy in this world. Do not be afraid is written 365 times in the Bible. If my math is correct, that's once for every day of the year. I believe that God intends for every child of God to wake up in the morning, plant their feet on the floor, look the world and hell in the face, and say, I am not afraid of anything that can happen in this day. There might be bad things that happen, but me and God can handle anything that happens in this world. God does not intend uh, for you to be afraid. Uh, Paul writing to his son in the gospel, Timothy. Paul is writing from a Roman prison. He's in jail. He's about to be executed for the gospel's sake. They're about to cut his head off. Paul is writing to Timothy. The church is being persecuted. Things are happening. His son in the gospel is, is just moving into a ministry. And Paul writes to him and says, Paul, Timothy, I want you to stir up the gift that is within you. I want you to stir up what's been handed down to you. I want you to stir up the gift that's been placed in you by the putting on of my hands. You've got a ministry. You've got a job to do. You've got a world to impact, Timothy. And he writes to him, Timothy, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Don't let what you see that's about to happen to me intimidate you. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That word sound mind means discipline or self-discipline. In the context here in the Scripture, it means that you have the ability and you have the spirit and you have the power to stand and discipline yourself, not to let fear overtake you. 
Hey, Timothy, you've got a job to do. Don't be afraid. I know it looks bad. I know it looks difficult. I know it looks like there are problems. I know it looks like the world is against you, but you don't have a spirit of fear. You've got a spirit of power. Stir up the gift that is within you. Stir up the power. Stir up the love of God. Amen. The enemy desires to devour you. But God, God has given us a spirit of power. Amen. There's a passage, Scripture, that's one of my favorite. I want to read it in your hearing today. I know you're probably familiar with it, but it speaks very plainly to the covering that God gives to us, to His people, to His children, to His saints. The Bible simply says, and we believe that Moses is the author. It is recorded in the book of the Psalms. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Oh, we like those first couple of verses and we usually stop there, but the rest of the chapter is just as powerful. Verse 3 says, Surely, 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 just as surely as we're here today, surely He shall deliver me from the snake of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday a thousand shall fall at thy right hand at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High thy habitation. We're talking about a safe place to dare dwell. Somebody ought to shout right now because God has promised you His protection, His overshadowing hand and glory. God wants to deliver somebody in this place today from fear and worry and anxiety. It's not His will for you to live there. He has created a place of safety for you to dwell underneath His everlasting arms. Oh, but the scripture doesn't stop there. It goes on. It says in verse 10, There shall no evil befall thee. What a promise. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels, he shall give his angels, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the hatter. Oh, there's that devourer. The Bible says you'll tread upon the devourer. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Oh, I like this part right here. Suddenly, uh, the writer, whoever it is, uh, all of a sudden they've been speaking. They've been giving a, a testimony of the power of God to cover. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God begins to take over, and the Scripture begins to speak in first person. God begins to speak in first person, and He says, verse 14, Because He hath set His love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. God said, because you love me, 
I'm going to deliver you. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Somebody shout, Jesus. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, and with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I've got some promises from the Word of God. We're living in a crazy world. The enemy's out to devour me. Fear and anxiety is the order of the day. But God has promised me, if you will dwell in me, I've got power and I've got authority. And it doesn't matter what the world does or says. I've got a people that I'm going to cover. Brother Moody, does that mean that bad things will never happen? Absolutely not. I've had problems. I've had sicknesses. I've had financial troubles. I've been through it all. But friend of mine, can I tell you that God wills with me every step of the way. I'll echo the thoughts of the prophet. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. God knows how to cover and keep us in every situation. Amen. There's a passage of Scripture very familiar to us, if, especially if you've been raised in the church in Sunday school. It was a, a Sunday school story about a man by the name of Daniel. Daniel means God is my judge. Daniel was one of the Hebrews taken into captivity to Babylon. The Babylonians changed his name to Belshazzar, which means a prince of Baal. The enemy and the adversary desires to take our children and change their identity. I said the enemy, the adversary, the devourer, the world, culture, desires to take our children and give them an identity that identifies them with what's out there. God has given them a name that identifies them with the things of God. Daniel, you know the story, the three Hebrew boys, all of those things. God elevates Daniel. God takes him and sets him on high. He's one of the three governors over the, the, the under-governors of Babylon. There are those that are jealous of his position and his place, his purity before God, his piety, his consecration to God. They devised a scheme to, 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 for Daniel's demise. They take counsel to destroy Daniel and they cause the king to make a decree that says anybody that takes counsel of anybody other than the king for 30 days, they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be thrown in the lion's den. Daniel in the lion's den. We all know that story, right? And so the king signs the decree and Daniel just keeps doing what Daniel always does. Three times a day he goes to his place of prayer and he talks to God. And they see him and they take him before the king and the king cannot, because of the law, go back on his word, his decree. And so Daniel is thrown into the den of lions. Now, we're talking about fear and trepidation here. I don't know about you, but I would feel like I'd probably be a little bit scared in that situation. A den full of hungry uh, man-eaters and a little bit of worry here, a little bit, a little bit of concern. 
Daniel is thrown into the lion's den. They, they put him in the den of lions. The Bible says, Daniel chapter 6 and verse number 16, that, that the, there's all these things and the king goes back to his palace and he's concerned for Daniel because he likes Daniel and he, he's worried and he spends the night in fasting. And in the morning he shows up at the mouth of the lion's den. And he cried, watch this. Now, Babylon has given Daniel a Babylonian name, Belshazzar, Prince of Baal. That's what they called him, Belshazzar. That's the Babylonian name. The king shows up at the mouth of the lion's den the next day. He knows of Daniel's piety. He knows of Daniel's faith and consecration. The king shows up at the door, and he cries out, and he says, Oh, Belshazzar. No, he doesn't. He says, oh, Daniel, let me understand who you really are. I know that we've tried to change your identity, but in this situation, you're going to need a God a little bit bigger than ours. Oh, Daniel of the Hebrew God, was your God able to save you? I like Daniel's answer. Daniel says, 2019, Brother Moody's interpretation, hey man, I'm still here, still kicking, everything's all right. God sent an angel and closed the mouth of the lion. If you don't mind, let down a rope and get me out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Here, here's what I find interesting. That story and, and, and the king's calling out to Daniel, and Daniel's answer is about one, about a, maybe two verses there in Daniel chapter 6. But there's a whole lot there that gives us a revelation of things that transpire in the spirit. Daniel declares, King, God sent an angel to close the mouth of the lion. Okay, number one. You can write this down if you want to. We know a few verses later that the people that were the accusers of Daniel were thrown into the same lion's den. The Bible says they'd never hit the bottom, that the lions devoured them before they and their families, their bones were break, they were torn to pieces before they ever hit the bottom. So, I'm suggesting to you that the angel of God was already in the lion's den, having closed the mouth of the lion before Daniel ever got there. Do you understand that God knows your situation and your circumstance? Do you understand that God knows what you walk out the front door into every day that you live? Do you understand that God knows what you send your babies out into this world to? Can I suggest to you that God has already sent an angel before us to stand and to guard and to keep? Do you understand that God loves you so much that He's gone way on ahead of you to take care of your situation? God is not surprised by anything that befalls you. He's already looked into your future and said, I've got that. It's taken care of. Don't worry. Don't stress. Everything. Your babies are going to be okay. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to keep them. They let Daniel down into the lion's den. There is no biblical record anywhere 
Now, imagine from Daniel's point of view. I'm being let down into the, 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 the pit of the devourer, the lion's den. Nobody's ever survived. Nobody's ever come out alive. Don't know what's going to happen to me. Not mad about it. It's what it costs to live for God. Hey, well, let's do it. Daniel gets down into the lion's den. I know I've got issues. I, I need therapy. Just, just go along with me here right now for a minute. Daniel gets down into the lion's den expecting to hear roars and, and growls and, and feel snapping teeth. And he looks, and over in the corner are the lions. They're sitting there. They're, they're licking their lips. They're cleaning their teeth. They're extending their claws, but they're not moving. His gaze is averted over to the side of the den, and there propped up against the wall is the angel of the Lord. And Daniel says, Whew, come on, that's my God. That's what I'm talking about. Come on, angel, let's get out of here. And the angel doesn't say a word. We have no biblical record that the angel and Daniel ever had a conversation. Daniel was ready, I'm sure, to get out. But the lesson of the day was not delivering out of, it was delivering through. It was keeping in the midst of. Sometimes God don't deliver you out of the lion's den. Sometimes he keeps you through the lion's den as a greater testimony of who he is. No biblical record that Daniel and the angel ever had a conversation. Maybe Daniel tried to talk to him. Maybe they had a conversation, but there's no biblical record of it. I think if I would have been Daniel and we'd have had one, I'd have wrote it down. But here's what we do know. That the angel closed the mouth of the devourer. Oh, God, I need a word. I need you to speak to me, Lord. I need, I'm, I'm, I'm in a mess. I'm in a situation. The, the devourer is at the door. God, if you'd just give me a word. Just give me some direction here, Lord. Just, just if you just, I wish, Brother Grant, I wish I had a dollar for every time I prayed, Lord, if you'd just talk to me. God, if you'd just tell me what to do. I'd do it, Lord. I, I, I promise I would if you'd just tell me. Not a word. No conversation. God, I, I, here I am in the lion's den. Please speak to me. I, I need to know. Not a word. Nothing. Anybody ever been there when heaven is silent? Daniel is there, and he spends the night in the lion's den. The king shows up and says, Daniel. I know who you are. Has your God been able to deliver you, to save you? Daniel said, no worries, here I am. God sent an angel to close the mouth of the lion. I don't know how the angel closed the mouth of the lion. I'm just going to use my imagination. The angel of the Lord showed up in the lion's den just before Daniel's being let down, pointed at a bunch of lions and said, sit down and shut your mouth. And don't move until I tell you to. Because there's a child of God that's in a situation 
but you're not going to take advantage of it and devour them while they're there. Sometimes it's not what God says to you in your situation. It's what God says to your enemy in the situation. Sometimes it's not the word that you receive. It's what God says to the devourer. It's what God it's not what God says to you about him. It's what God says to your enemy about you. That's a child of God. You better let him alone. Oh. Somebody hear the word of the Lord today. There was a young man in the Bible. His name was Mephibosheth. He was a child of Jonathan. David's beloved friend Jonathan. Many events, many years transpired. Saul and Jonathan are killed on the battlefield. David remembers an oath he had made to Jonathan. Jonathan. And he sends and says, Hey, are there any children of Jonathan left that I may show kindness to them? And the Bible says, somebody said, There's a, a young man who is lame. He's crippled. His name is Mephibosheth. And he lives over here. And David said, Go get him and bring him. The Bible says, They brought Mephibosheth to the house of David. And from that day forward, he ate at the king's table. He became as one of the king's sons. Sometime later, the enemies of Saul, because Saul had done some sin or some wrong, they rose up and God spoke to David and said, You need to offer some people as a peace offering, some of the sons of Saul, some of Saul's offspring to them. And they're going to take and they're going to execute them as payment for Saul's sin. And David said, okay. And so he went to the enemy and he said, all right, you come in and you pick five sons of Saul, five of the offspring of Saul. But that was not the end of David's statement. He said, but there's one that's exempt. That's Mephibosheth because he belongs to me. Oh, if we could understand the reaching, protecting love of God. God says to the enemy and the adversary, you don't mess with my babies. You don't mess with my kids. You don't mess with those that love me. They belong to me. I'm taking care. You do what you want to in this old world, devil, but you don't mess with my kids. In our opening, we read Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 33. Whoso hearkeneth unto me, and it's wisdom speaking there. We know that wisdom is the manifestation of the intellect and the knowledge of God. It's in essence God speaking. Whoso hearkeneth unto me, whoever listens to my voice, shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Didn't say that bad things would never happen. Didn't say that there wouldn't be a bump in the road every now and then. Didn't say that there wouldn't be fear. It just said, I'm not going to have to worry about fear. And I'm not going to have to worry about evil because my trust is in the Lord. Would you stand with me? And I'm, I'm coming to a close. Isaiah chapter 59. Verse number 19. The Bible says, and the end of this verse will probably familiar to many. The Bible says, so shall they fear, be afraid of the name of the Lord from the west and His glory from the rising of the east to the ancient Hebrew mind that meant from the east to the west, that meant forever. 
When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard or a wall against him. Can I tell you today that if you study that passage of Scripture, there are many translations and versions that move the comma. Translators felt like the meaning of the passage should be understood like this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a barrier against him. You can study it for yourself. Don't take Brother Moody's word for it. Some of the stronger translations and readings, they read something like this. He shall come in like a rushing torrential flood driven by the Spirit of God. You don't think God loves you and cares about you. The truth of the matter is it doesn't matter. I can read it anyway. Either way, when the, the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Or when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. It don't matter to me. It just tells me that God stands ready to cover and to defend and launch an all-out attack on the devourer. Amen. I know they've got some some gifts and some things for children after service and thankful for everybody that's here. But I think the greatest gift that we can give these children is to pray a covering on them from a God that desires to cover them. Wow. Parents, if you would, would you, if you have school-aged children, I'd like for you to come as a family, bring your, your boys, your girls, and let's fill this altar from side to side, if we could. If you have school-aged children from, from pre-K, daycare, all the way through college, would you come and make your way to the front here? We're, we're going to pray. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray for one another. Amen. We're going to pray with one another. Some of these may even be too young to understand. But one day they'll look back and they will. Amen. Amen. Come on if you would. Amen. You have children. Grandparents, if you've got grandchildren up here, you can come and stand with the family, be with them, your prayers. Amen. I'm a grand, brand new grandpa. I've, uh, I've experienced the joy of praying for grandbabies. Amen. Amen. Just, just another minute here. If you would, those of you that remain and can, would you gather in around these families behind? Perhaps your children, grandchildren aren't here, but this is a church family. I'd ask that everybody that, that can and will, let's gather in. Around. This, is a, this, is, this is a family effort. Amen. You believe that God's going to answer our prayer today? I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is standing in anxious anticipation of His people praying for their families and their children.
God's going, I can't wait to answer. I can't wait to answer. Come on and pray. Talk to me. Just ask me for it. Amen. Amen. Let's turn our voices to the Lord together as a family, as a body, and let's begin by praying for our children. Oh, Holy Ghost, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for a covering, for a hedge to be placed about every child, every young person, every family. In Jesus' name, God, we pray that from the balconies of glory, you would loose the ministering spirits of God, the angelic host, to stand and encamp round about them every step of the way every place that they go every place that they walk cover them and keep them and protect them and be with them God we pray it and we believe it in Jesus name oh somebody pray for your babies plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon them pray in faith believing I'm sending them out but I'm not worried I'm not going to stress and fret because my faith says there is nothing that can befall them that we can't handle in Jesus name in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we claim protection. In the name of Jesus, we claim a covering. In the name of Jesus, we claim and we declare that they will go out into this world a strong tower and a voice and a testimony and a witness to the protecting hand of God. Oh, somebody pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Pray for your family. Pray for those around you. 